I learned some things this Thanksgiving. I hope maybe you maybe you learned something too. Here's here's a couple of things I learned. Which side of the turkey has more feathers? The outside. How does the turkey travel? By gravy train or gravy boat? What did the turkey say when he met the president? Pardon me. If you call a big turkey a gobbler, what do you call a small one? A goblet. There are 87 of these. That's the best four, and I'm stopping right there. Yeah, yeah. So we're concluding today our next steps process. You know, this is a process. We usually have meetings after services or during Sunday school hour, and we like for all new people that come to Central to go through these, uh, these next step processes, step one, step two, step three. And then step four is a leadership class that I teach. And uh, we have information. We're going to teach that in January. If you would like to go through that, we'd love to have you. That's not just for people who want to be elders. It's any kind of leadership, uh, whether it's leading four-year-old little kids or little babies or uh, leading youth or leading anything in our church, a uh, ministry team leader or a deacon <clears throat> or an elder or one day being a minister in the church, we'd like for you to go through the leadership class. Um, it's open to men and women. And so if you'd like to go through that leadership class, there's an information packet at the back, of the back of the church. And if you have questions after you look over that, you can see me. Uh, it does involve a little more detail than it involves four meetings that you'll have to attend over the course of three months, January, February, and March. It'll be finished before Easter of this coming year. And we'd love to have you in that. So uh, you, can, you can see me if you'd like to do that and get signed up for that. Uh, but today we're going to conclude with step three. Of course, uh, you've seen this chart. We have this brochure, and there's some of these back there. And we have this brochure that has step one, uh, central Q&A, and step two, central connect. And step three is where we're at today, uh, uh, serve central. And step four is lead central. Uh, and that's, of course, I was just telling you about. So um, if, you, if you go through all of that, you'll go through our next steps at central. And today we're going to talk a little bit about this idea of lead central. I want to review a little bit. Because what we're trying to do here at Central, Jesus said, go and make disciples, right? Now, let me ask you, what kind of disciples do you think Jesus wanted to make? You think Jesus said, just get them to be just little bitty tiny disciples. I don't, I don't care what kind of disciples they are. I don't care if they're not even good disciples. I just want them to be disciples. Even if they're not really disciples, if they just call themselves disciples, I'll be happy. You think that's what Jesus meant? No. In fact, you know what Jesus said? If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself 
and take up his cross and follow me. That sounds to me like Jesus wanted devoted disciples. And we decided years ago, what does a devoted disciple look like? And a devoted disciple, uh, well, well, let me back up just a minute. So what we do here at Central, we strive to help believers involve themselves in the following five practices to help them become devoted disciples. And here's the five practices that we strive to help people involve themselves in. Because we think this is what a devoted disciple looks like. It's somebody who worships together. They attend the services pretty regular. Uh, They grow spiritually. They get involved in some kind of a small group, a Sunday school, a Bible study, a life group, uh, a women's group, a men's group, something where they can grow spiritually. They serve humbly, and that's what we're going to talk about today. They find their niche within the church where they have uh, some ministry that they serve in. They give cheerfully, and they live faithfully. They, they're not just showing up for an hour or two on Sunday, but they're living out their faith Monday through Friday, including Saturday and Sunday, they live out their faith. And so today we're going to think about serving central. Next slide. So we desire to help release the people of Central on mission through our time together, learning more about your spiritual gifting and where God can use you in our various ministries. So we have a lot of different ministries that you can involve yourself in. And uh, I want to talk to you about why that is important. Because here's what God's Word says. In Ephesians chapter 4, it says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Now, we talked about that in Sunday school, about build up, the word edify, so the, so the church may be built up. God wants his ministers in the church to equip the people so the church can be built up. That's, that's Christ's goal. That's not my goal. It's not Matt's goal. It's Christ's goal that the church would be built up. And the way he intends to do that is through using the people of the church. And he gives everybody in the church gifts or abilities that they can use to do that. In the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 12, the apostle Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, who had some questions about spiritual gifts, He responded, and he said, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. And he begins to explain to them. In verse 4, he says this, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them... And in everyone, it is the same God at work. So he says, look, God's working in all of you to give you a gift. And he uses three different words here. A 
to use a gift, an ability to serve, or a working in you that you can use to work in His kingdom. Verse 7 says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. What does manifestation mean? It means a, a real life experience of it. So each one of us will experience some ability in our lives that we can use to serve God. At least one. Some will have more than one. Most will have more than one. He goes on to list some of them. They're just following that. On down toward the end of the chapter, he lists some more. In Romans chapter 12, he lists some of the gifts. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, he listed some of the gifts. And I'm going to go through the, the, the significant gifts that are relative to today that we have been given to use in the church. I put these in alphabetical order. There are 15 of them, and I just want to go through them. The first is administration. Administration. That's the ability to organize and guide human activities in such a way that Christ's program is carried out. So administration. Now some people say, well, that means working in the office. No. It can. That, that's a good gift to have if you're going to work in the office. But every ministry needs somebody with the gift of administration in it. You know where it's really needed? All youth ministers need somebody working in their ministry that have the gift of administration. I mean, Matt's sitting back here smiling. He'll tell you right quick, yes, please send me somebody with the gift of administration to help me organize. Because the gift of administration is the ability to organize and guide. And, and all ministries need somebody with that gift in them. Children's ministry needs it. All ministries do. Second is the gift of discernment. The ability to distinguish between truth and error. To know when a person or an act is of God. So discernment is important. That's a good gift for somebody in leadership to have. Um, number three, the gift of encouragement. The ability to motivate people through encouraging words and to live practical Christian lives. Somebody who has the gift of encouragement is always positive. Uh, every Sunday, uh, when I'm standing on the sidewalk out here, telling people goodbye and, and everything, I love to see the people that have the gift of encouragement because they always make me feel good. And they, they just know what to say to lift up your spirits and, and make you feel good. And... And they do that. I notice them because I know who they are. And they make other people feel good. And they're always positive and they're always lifting people up. And it's a spiritual gift. Boy, you know where that goes a long way? In working with children and working with youth. And, and so if you have the gift of encouragement, there's a place for you to serve. Number four, gift of evangelism. The ability to share the message of the gospel with others and to lead them to Christ. 
Now, there's, everybody's supposed to try to do that, right? The Bible tells us go make disciples, all of us. But some people are just naturally gifted where they can talk to anybody about Jesus. And somehow they always turn the conversation that way. I don't have that gift. I have to sort of force myself to do that. But I know people that when they're talking to other people, somehow they always work the conversation where before you know it, they're telling people about Jesus and inviting them to church. And I just don't have that natural gift. But, but some people do. And, and they're the ones that are always bringing people into the church. I tell you somebody in our church, and you're going to know who I'm talking about. Y'all know Kathy Mack? Kathy Mack has that gift. She didn't have to take a test. I knew that first time I met her. She's got that gift. And she just somehow has the ability to do that. Faith. The ability to envision what God wants to happen and to be certain He is going to make it happen in response to prayer, even when there is no concrete evidence available. And some people just have that faith. You know, we need, every ministry team needs somebody with faith so that when people are being real negative about what's going on, we have people that say, no, I just feel, I just have faith that it's going to happen and that we'll be able to do it. Uh, uh, and they're always looking at new avenues to enhance the ministry and make it better. Number six, the, the gift of giving. That is the ability to support the Lord's work materially with generous, timely, and cheerful contributions. This doesn't mean they're rich, but they give generously, above the tithe. These are folks that just give. They have a passion for giving. I know it's hard for you to believe that somebody would just give, just be, but, but they have a passion for it. And there are people that just, they do that. Over and above their regular giving, they desire to give to see the Lord's work done. And we have people in our church that do that because they, they have money. They, they don't, they're not necessarily rich. Sometimes they give sacrificially because they feel strongly that certain things need to be given to, and they give. Number seven, helping. The ability to see the needs of others and respond willingly to meet those needs. These are people, they're, they're not looking and pointing and saying, uh, we need to do this over here we need to do that over there. They look and they see something needs to be done and they go do it. They have the gift of helping. And so, and so they, uh, uh, we need those in every position. You know where, where those people work well is in places like the, the clothing pantry and in the Wednesday night meals and in the Meals on Wheels ministry and at the Welcome Center and at the, at the Greeter Station and in the golf cart, you know, where people need assistance, they, they work well in those ministries. Number eight is the gift of knowledge, the ability to grasp the truth about God's Word in order to bring it to focus in a contemporary world. 
These people don't just read the Word, they understand the Word. And they're able to share that in such a way that others grasp the meaning of it. They make good teachers and small group leaders, even teaching children and teaching youth. And so uh, the gift of knowledge is good if you want to be a teacher. Uh, Leadership, number nine, the ability to envision God's purpose and plan for the future and to set goals which will inspire others to work together to accomplish those goals for the glory of God. Uh, This is good, of course, for elders to have the gift of leadership. But not not just elders. Every ministry needs somebody with the gift of leadership to envision where this ministry can go, uh, where, uh, you know, where the golf cart ministry can go, where, where the clothing pantry can go, where the meal ministry can go, and all those things. We need people in every one of those areas. Gift of mercy, number 10. This is closely tied to the gift of helping. But it's the ability to empathize with hurting people and to translate compassion into cheerful acts of service. You know, not everybody works well with hurting people, you know. And some people just have that gift when they see somebody, you know, really hurting, especially um, uh, mentally hurting, you know, and, and socially outcast. And some people are just able to come alongside them and help them Uh, to overcome what they're dealing with and just be a a shoulder to cry on. Uh, Those people work well in hands-on ministry, especially when we go outside these walls and we go out into the community and and serve the community. Those people thrive on doing those kind of ministry, outreach opportunities. Number 11, the gift of prophecy. We usually think of prophecy as being predicting the future. Did you know that only 5% of the prophecy in, in the Bible is predicting the future? Prophecy actually means to speak forth the Word of God. And it is the ability to proclaim and apply God's truth so that believers may be edified, encouraged, and consoled, and non-believers will be convicted. So it's sort of like preaching. And it's not just... It's not just predicting the future, but it's speaking forth God's Word. And we need people that are able to do that uh, to be teachers of children and youth and and adults in in all kinds of classes. Number 12 is service. The ability to serve others in their ministries by aiding them in practical ways, enabling them to be more effective in their work. For the glory of God. Um, These are people that, you know, don't mind getting dirty. They don't mind cleaning stuff that needs to be cleaned. And getting down on their hands and knees and scrubbing floors. Or tackling a closet that, you know, there's stuff in there from when the church was first born in 1903. And they don't mind getting in there and going through that and tackling that. Number 13, shepherding, the ability to oversee the spiritual lives of others for the purpose of building up the body of Christ. Now, we usually think of the elders as being shepherds, but we need shepherds in all ministries of the church. 
You know where we need shepherds today, most of all? In the youth group. We need people who are willing to come alongside youth and put their arm around them and coach them a little bit and help them deal with some of the, the issues that are going on in this world today. Uh, number 14 is teaching. And we're going to always need teachers in children's department, youth department, uh, adult department. Uh, we, we're we're going to need more life group teachers as we go forward. And teaching is the ability to communicate knowledge to others for the purpose of building up the body of Christ. Number 15, the last one, is wisdom. That's the ability to regulate one's relationship with God by being able to apply God's truth to an immediate problem or need and to help others to do the same. So it's, it's understanding God's program and being able to share that with others. That's a good trait for a leader to have, but it's a good trait for anybody to have, and men or women, and to be able to pass that on to others and to coach others and to help others. So these are the different gifts that you can have, and you can see how any of those gifts can be used in any ministry in the church. So Matt's going to come and talk to us a little bit about the different ministries that we have in the church. My name is Matt Moser. I'm the Youth and Connect Minister. And this, the other side of my job is getting to talk with adults about connecting, uh, connecting into the church. Because when you're new at a church, you don't know where to go to get connected. You don't know where to build relationships. You don't know where to go where you can be, be used. And so I like to be a bridge to help connect you with resources and people and to enable you to belong and to be able to serve. <coughs> and so one of the first resources that we put into the bulletin is going to be a ministry opportunities and then a response form. We'll get to the response form here. But the ministry opportunities, I want to just I'll go through an overview of some of the ministries. Notice I did not say comprehensive list because you would not want me to be up here for a comprehensive amount of time. And so we're going to hit some of the highlights, talk about uh, some of the ministries and being able to kind of get fill in some of the gaps maybe on, on what that looks like uh, at Central. And so children and student ministries, look, children's ministry is defined a little bit different at uh, every church uh, when it comes to age range. So here at Central, uh, children is birth to fifth grade and then the student ministries are sixth to 12th grade. And so there's a lot of teaching opportunities, helping opportunities, and various background roles that are, are available in the children's and the student ministries. The Connection Ministry, uh, we, we do this stuff on Sunday morning during Sunday schools, but also after service. And so hosting, helping host and welcoming uh, people who are trying to figure out where, what's what and where they belong and how they can get connected uh, is part of that, but also um, it just helping it set up. I mean, there's very some basic ways. Another, probably the biggest way is being able to look at a friend who's trying to figure things out and say, here, come with me, and then join us for a step one or Central Connect or, uh, or Central Q&A or Serve Central. Um, life groups, we primarily meet in homes, and so there's opportunity to maybe start a life group because what we find with life groups is that there's a lot of need 
but there's also, we need leaders. We need leaders to step up and to be able to lead life groups and be able to go through, you know, lead central. And, and then we also need people who are willing to be host homes, where say, I want to open up my home to be able to welcome other people and where we can discuss and get to know one another and care for one another and pray for one another. Uh, worship band and choir, we get to see that every Sunday morning. People use their talents and gifts and voices to be able to lead us before the presence of God and be able to sing praises to him. The tech ministry, uh, a lot of things that go on in the background that we don't get to see, right? At times and the conversations that we've had about how to tweak or do and fix, whether it's the soundboard or the live stream, there's two ministries that we that we want consistency and we need we need help. We need people to train people up to learn those skills. And because uh, when we're sick and we're at home, what do we turn on? We get we get that live stream going, and we're able to connect even though we're we're out you know under the weather and so being able to if that's something that's interesting that there's needs and we're also looking to develop a media team where we get to capture uh, moments and video like in, with photos and videos in order to be able to share them but taking a video and photo is really easy processing those and making videos is can be a lot uh, very time consuming so we need help with that too so we're in the future we're going to be developing that team uh, we have the welcome team that we, you know, opportunity to, to greet people as they come in, to answer questions at the welcome center, and trying to help give the resources uh, to, our, to our new friends. Uh, buildings and grounds. This is like the nuts and bolts in the background that we don't get to see. Or where if you got trade skills or DIY skills, that, you know, and a lot of times this is con in conjunction with sometimes we do men's breakfast where we take, uh, take care of the buildings and grounds. And so there's a lot of opportunity there to, to use your gifts and talents. Um, the golf cart ministry is with a team of drivers. Uh, we know speeding, you know. We, we get to help our, uh, our church family get to and from vehicles, and, and uh, especially when it's raining. It's really, really awesome. The baptism team, a lot of times you don't, we don't see what goes on in the background. But when somebody makes a decision to follow Jesus, like, and, and through baptism, we, uh, there's a lot of stuff that happens getting towels, getting robes, knowing what to do and when to do it and where to go, you know, funneling through the secret tunnels all the way to the baptistry, and then we get, and then there's water and cleanup and washing towels, and there's a lot that goes on. An awesome opportunity to serve uh, somebody who's making a decision to follow Jesus for the first time. Meals on Wheels is a, a team of four or, five, uh, four or five teams, a group of four or five teams that deliver 40 to 50 meals to our uh, senior friends in the community. Communion prep uh, is exactly what this sounds like. Prepping so we can have, be ready to go on Sunday mornings to take communion as a church. It's an awesome service. And then not, not only just doing that, but also cleaning up so it's ready for the next week. The card ministry uses w words of care to love, to encourage, and just to, to, to help and maybe just see some light. Maybe to celebrate with but also maybe to mourn with during tough times. Um, the clothing pantry uh, hangs, folds, organizes, like uh, two rooms and a closet and sometimes even more uh, of clothes. And then not just prepping, but also s serving our friends and families in the community by helping them find what they need as the, when they come, in, come in on Wednesday mornings. And so just being a huge service to the community, uh, lots of opportunity to plug in and help in that way. Benevolence Meals is providing meals. There's 
as a church, we come alongside our families during, during loss and mourning, and we oftentimes have a meal provided in the fellowship hall afterwards, and this team provides, and provides dishes, whether main or sides, um, as a church to be able to come around our, our church family and love on them. Uh, the kitchen, often in conjunction with Wednesday night meals, is a team that makes sure that we have everything in the pantry, in the kitchen. And so for those meals, uh, benevolence meals, but also other events and, and things that are going on in the church that we have what we need. Um, women's and men's ministry, we have the Sisters in Christ, Friendship Circle, Christians Women Fellowship. Those ladies put on the women's conference. Uh, there's, they do a lot of stuff in the background. There's other service uh, opportunities that create men uh, whether it's a men's breakfast or Bible study, there's opportunities to connect but also to serve and to be able to do and use our hands because men sometimes can like, like to use hands. They just like to connect over, you know, a touchy-feely, you know, conversation. They like, they like to rub shoulders and get something done. Um, at other times, a good cup of coffee never hurts anybody, right? Um, and so... ministry opportunities, and we also have um, uh, some ministries that have certain requirements. And so the students and children, we uh, like to offer a, an environment where people can tr entrust their kids to us. So part of that is that you attend Central for six months, and then you also go through application process for uh, reference and background checks. And this is what we all go, went through. When I was going through the interview process, Jeanette looked over at me and said, so we're going to do a background check. I'm like, absolutely. Like, this is what we, this is what we do. This is, this is part of, of the process of, of working with students, and this is what other churches do too. Um, and then we have uh, some special event, events, like with community outreach. We have our summer backpack giveaway. There's hours and hours and hours of shopping, of finding deals, of prepping, of getting ready for the giveaway in uh, the late summer. And so there's tons of opportunity to help uh, pack clothes, get supplies to support our students in the area uh, and to help their start of the school year. And so if you're interested in something like that, um, we definitely want to do things for our community. Uh, we also have special events in-house and coming into the Christmas season, we have a few. Hillside, uh, which is a, often a worship and fellowship. This year we're doing our talent show. Imagine if we did a talent show with no nobody showing up for talent with talent. There's a it's a, you know, we can have fun together and serve and, and enjoy one another. We also do Christmas decorating, setting this tone with the uh, season feel. We also ha get to see the fruit of the labor of the Christmas program with the choir that they've been practicing for. They've been practicing for weeks and weeks already. And we're going to be seeing and hearing that coming up soon. Um, part of our three-year initiative has been what we, uh, shows our core value of that the next generation is a priority. And so part of that, one of the things that I love to share about Central is that y'all support the student ministry. And I'll start here is the yard sale. Like I get to share, when I share what we do, it's like we raise four, five, or $6,000 each year. And it's not because of really anything that I do. It's because of the church, our church, our church family and friends connected to our church. You guys save items. To, to donate just to that. Not only that, but it's showering with donations, going to make sure that you, the purchase there. And like one of the things that I love to highlight and total on our congregation loves our students. And I am very thankful for that and being able to share that with other people. 
Um, some others, even just specific roles for special events, like I look for drivers sometimes uh, to drive a van. Um, we currently are looking for a cook to help. If you love students and like to cook a lot of food, come talk to me. Um, children's events. We annually do an Easter event uh, e each year. Maybe it's an egg hunt, maybe it's something else, but we want to reach and show love to the children in our community at Easter and let them know that Jesus loves them. Uh, and one of the things, probably the thing that we are, in my conversations in the community, that we're most known for is Vivid. Vivid is a huge opportunity to love on the families in this area. And we get to ha have fun, creative outlets that get show show kids and their families the love of Jesus. And this is a great opportunity. You know how many volunteers we need to put on Vivid? Over 50. You know how many hours go into prepping for Vivid? Hundreds and hundreds. And I was thinking, and you know how many kids have been taught about Jesus through Vivid? Thousands. Thousands of children. And it's a beautiful to think about it. And this is why we're, and why are we talking about this? Is because of you. Where is God moving in your life? How is God wanting to move through you in this church? Because this church, like Vivid and is just an example, nothing can happen without all of us. Is that if we don't work together, if we're not unified, it's not gonna happen. But where is God moving in you? And, and what I'm about to say is, putting something down as an interest does not commit you for a life sentence of serving in that area. Okay, and or even just committing you right off the bat. But when we go into the response form, uh, which is you can also find um, in the QR code on your bulletin, we I, w I would like you to fill those out. If you fill out the spiritual sentiment or when you take it, is let, let us know. What are your top three gifts? What are your top three gifts? Where's God gifted you? And then two uh, is how has he moved you? Was he interested what has he put on, as far as the interest in your life? Is where, where are your passion areas? Like, things that God has gifted you with passion, like, where is he moving already? Let's have a conversation. Maybe you're interested, get to tell you a little bit more about it. Um, and if you're like, I, this sounded interesting, but I'm not sure what, really, what it is, I'd love to tell you more. Or at least connect you with somebody who can tell you a little bit more about what they do. Because I don't know everything, but I can find somebody who knows the answers to your questions. Um, and so... My desire is to be a bridge to help you find where God wants to use you, because that is ultimately what we're about, um, as I drop all my papers, is finding the resources and the people to connect you into the life of the church. And so I'm going to hand it back over to Mark, and we'll finish it up. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 says, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. So if you're here, God put you here and gifted you the way he wanted you to be gifted so you can sit in a pew. No, because he wants to use you. In fact, in verse 27, the word says, now the church is the body of Christ, and each of you has a part in it. So God wants to use you. Matt and I have this saying, Every person has a ministry. Every ministry has a person. You see, every job that needs to be done in the church has a person to do that job. And every job has a person. And so it's our job to try to figure all that out. 
So the last few weeks, we've gone over this three steps. And if you'd like to take the fourth step, we would invite you to do that. And don't think, oh, well, I can never be a leader. You might end up being a leader of a Sunday school class. And so take the leadership class. We have plenty of room in it. And you can find a packet back there. I forgot to put the sign-up list. But you can just contact me and let me know. You can use your uh, connection card to let me know that you want to be in the leadership class, and I will sign you up. Uh, so you've been through our whole uh, um, next steps process now. And if you missed one of the sessions, you can find it online. Uh, we're glad you've been here to go through that. And now, uh, as new people come in, we will put them through it. But now you know what it is. And as you meet new people that come in, you can encourage them to go through it as well. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the many blessings that you have given us. And we certainly have had a great Thanksgiving. And we have a lot to be grateful and thankful for. And we pray today, Father, as we go forward, you will help us as a church to become more and more a group of people who truly are devoted disciples. In Christ's name we pray and praise. Amen.